five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Back to school, back to work we go. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
J.M. in the A.M. Shalshelis Jr. with L.O. Kai off of the CD entitled Thankful. Before that, Lenny Solomon, brand new from Simchat Chaim with Hod Hadar. You heard Micha Gammerman from the Kesher Shel Kayama CD with Tefillah. Yismach Melech, it's the title track to Shlomo Katz. Very into that selection, as many of you know by now. <laughs> uh, Yomi Lowy had, had Kol HaTov, which is the title track of his latest Literally just came out. It's a Yochi Briskman presentation, Yummy Lowy Volume 2. It's called Kolato. And you heard the title track, which is the uh, opening track from the uh, Yummy Lowy brand new CD. Mayor Sherman, our uh, Monday morning theme song, Masecha Hashem. And of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Monday on this February the 29th. It's Leap Day in 2016, day 20 in the month of Adar 1. The year 5776, Tufshin and Vav, 47 degrees outside with 58% humidity. Winds are west at 6 miles per hour. Rain expected today with a high temperature of 59. Then tonight, mostly clear, low temperature of 37. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, a high temperature, 48 degrees. We shall lie a beautiful 71. We're at 47 degrees here in Jersey City as we wake up on a Monday, heading back to school and back to work. And I thank all of you for making us part of your back-to-school Back to work regimen. It is. Um, want to take this opportunity and wish a Hatzlacharaba uh, to our friends at the Royal Wine Kedem, Jay Booksbaum, and of course everybody else, the entire Herzog family. Tonight is the KFWE, the Kosher Food and Wine Experience. It is always experience, and uh, no doubt tonight will be um, as spectacular as it's been in past years. Probably even more spectacular. Uh, so we wish Hatzlacharaba to everybody at Kedem Royal Wine. They get set for KFWE, the Kosher Food and Wine Experience, for tonight in New York City. I assume, and not only do I assume, I think I know it for a fact, because uh, we saw this earlier, that it is a completely sold-out event, as usual. And, um, again, wish them good luck tonight. Looking forward to uh, seeing everyone there. Um, for that big event. want to take this opportunity and wish a mazel tov to Gila and Rabbi Ellie Sunnenshine, my wonderful niece and nephew, who are celebrating the bris of their brand-new baby boy this morning. We say mazel tov from all of us here at JM and the AM, and, of course, a big mazel tov to the extended Siegel and Sunnenshine families from all of us here at JM and the AM. Another wonderful Simcha Baruch Hashem to report on. 27 minutes before 7 o'clock on this Monday, and we have an action-packed full edition of JM in the AM. Jonathan Greenstein's going to be joining us. They've got a big uh, big auction going on at the uh, Greenstein Auction House. We'll talk about that. Susie Fishbein, who's out with the brand-new Kosher by Design, brings it home. It is the last in her incredible collection of Kosher by Design books. She's expected to join us in studio here at JM in the AM. And we'll uh, start talking about the big Nefesh Benefesh event. You know what's happening Sunday. It's called the Mega, the Mega event. If you've ever considered Aliyah, if you've ever considered um, heading to Israel on a permanent basis, changing one's life for the better, uh, you have an opportunity to find out everything this coming Sunday. And we'll speak with our friends from Nefesh Benefesh coming up. Uh, all about the uh, incredible mega event scheduled for Sunday 
in New York City. Thanks for tuning in. It's 91.1 on the FM dial, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org, and of course on the NSN app.
all the Maggid off of Rogers Park here at JM in the AM. Uh, before that, the uh, Lipa Schmelzer selection, Kafal Kaf. Rogers Park, by the way, part of the uh, Soul to Soul concert that's happening this coming Sunday night in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Lipa had Kafal Kaf. You heard Diaspora with Acha Shoalt. The Avram, Ol Avram Fried, and Baruch Olokenu. Yaakov Shweki's Am Yisrael off of Kolot. The Solomon Brothers had Omdo Tayu. And you heard the Yididim Choir in there with Hatov. Off of Yididim Choir, volume number two, with Yanki Orlansky and company at JM in the AM. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Galaitz on the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. Want to wish this? Uh, want to wish a Mazel Tov to the Berman family. Everybody at the uh, Buzz on Coney Island Avenue in Flatbush, Brooklyn, it was great being there at their big grand opening celebration yesterday, and uh, really enjoyed the proceedings. It was a uh, an action-packed day to say the least. And we say Mazel Tov to um, to uh, Michael Berman and Yosef Berman, the entire family from all of us here at JM and the AM. They are at the Buzz on the uh, right in the middle of Coney Island Avenue in uh, Flatbush, Brooklyn. It was great being there with the borough president of Brooklyn and uh, New York State Senator Simcha Felder, New York City Councilman David Greenfield, a whole bunch of great people who showed up to pay tribute to the Berman family and the brand-new Buzz on Coney Island Avenue. 47 degrees outside with rain and a high temperature of 59. Mostly clear for tonight, a low 37. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, a high temperature, 48 degrees. Yerushalayim is at 71. We're at 47 here on a Monday at JM in the AM. Want to wish a mazel tov to Gila and Rabbi Eli Sunnenshine. They are celebrating the bris of their brand-new baby boy this morning. We say mazel tov to my niece and nephew and to the extended Siegel and Sunnenshine families from all of us here at JM in the AM. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Monday is next at JM there. Galitzal, Ashash Time, Kan Shibel Karmi Mansur, Imasha Koreachshav. צהל והשב"כ עצרו מספר פעילים שביצעו שורת פיגועי ירי בחברון בחודשים האחרונים. כתבנו יונתן בניה. בין העצורים שני אחים משכונת אבו סננה בחברון, במהלך חקירתם הוסגר עובד צלפים מאולתר, בעזרתו ביצעו מספר פיגועי ירי, בהם נפגעו ארבעה ישראלים. בתחילת השנה נעצר אחד האחים, ובשבוע לאחר מכן ביצע אחיו פיגוע ירי נוסף, במטרה להסיט את החשדות מהאח. עוד עלה בחקירה כי השניים הכינו משתיק קול מאולתר, אחרי שלמדו לעשות כן באינטרנט. חוק ההשעיה אושר לקריאה ראשונה בוועדת החוקה של הכנסת. כתבנו מיכאל שמש מוסר שבמהלך ההצבעה התחוללה מהומה. חבר הכנסת עבדאללה אבו מערוף עקר ממקומו את אחד המיקרופונים באולם והוצא מהדיון. ראש הממשלה בנימין נתניהו נפגש הבוקר בירושלים עם שגרירה החדש של מצרים בישראל. כתבנו ג'קי חוגי. השגריר החדש חאזם חיירת התארח אצל נתניהו פחות משבוע אחרי שהגיש את כתב האמנתו לנשיא ריבלין. אתמול נפגש השליח המצרי עם ראש האופוזיציה יצחק הרצוג. חאזם חיירת הוא דיפלומט ותיק מן הבכירים בדיפלומטים המצריים. לכאן הגיע בתום שלוש שנים ללא שגריר מצרי בישראל. אביה של התינוקת בת השנתיים שהוריה חשודים כי גרמו לה לפציעה קשה שוחרר ממעצר. עורך דינו גל גב... גיל גבאי אמר ליעל דן 
לא ההורים הם שפגעו בה. השחרור שלו מבטא את העובדה שהמשטרה התקדמה בחקירה בצורה מאוד משמעותית, וכנראה שהמשטרה הבינה שאין לו חלק אמיתי באופן שבו היא נפגעה. הדוד נעצר, מיוחסת לו את אותה עבירה שהוא חסם מלכתחילה על ההורים, החשד הוא שהדוד פגע בה באיזושהי דרך. משרד המשפטים מצטרף למאבק בתנועת החרם נגד ישראל, ה-BDS. מנכ"לית המשרד, אמי פלמור, דיברה עם רינו צרור. אנחנו בעצם חלק מהמהלכים הכוללים של הממשלה, מחלקה בינלאומית, זה נעשה באמצעות שירותים של משרדי עורכי דין מהגדולים והטובים והמומחים בתחום הזה. יש פעילות שמפרה חוקים, יש פעילות שאפשר להתמודד מולה באמצעות כלים משפטיים שקיימים במדינות השונות. תביעה בהיקף של מיליוני שקלים הוגשה נגד בית החולים אברבנאל בטענה שביצעה ניסוי בחולה במצב פסיכוטי שלא הייתה כשירה להסכים לקיומו. בנה של המטופלת אמר לגל"צ שאימו סובלת מנזק בלתי הפיך כתוצאה מהניסוי. יש תמות עד המצב פסיכוטי מאוד חריש. עשו המעשה השפל ביותר, הם השתמשו בפרנויה של חולי סכיזופרני, שזה מופנה כלפי המשפחה שלו, כדי למדר אותנו מהצמחים של... שאנחנו לא נבדוק את המצמחים ולא נשאר שום דבר. אם בן אדם בר דעת יבוא ויחתום על מסמך כזה שאומר לו שהסופרקבה יהיה מאוד מאוד קשות, בלתי הפיכות. משבר ההגירה באירופה, עימותים אלימים פרצו בין משטרת מקדוניה לבין מאות פליטים שהסתערו על גדר הגבול בין מקדוניה ליוון. כתבתנו עפרי אשל. הרשויות במקדוניה השליכו גז מדמיע על מאות פליטים ומהגרים שהחלו לפרוץ בגופם את גדר התיל שמפריד בין מקדוניה ליוון. על פי הערכות, כ-8,000 בני אדם, רובם פליטים מסוריה ומעיראק, התקבצו בימים האחרונים על גבול מקדוניה, שבה עובר מסלול ההגירה אל מרכז ואל מערב אירופה. התחזית עלייה ניכרת במידות החום. אלה החדשות שעורכת יערה שפירא.
What can this court do for you, Mrs. Feldman? I'll tell you what this court can do for me. Could give me a divorce for my Jaime. A divorce? How old are you, Mrs. Feldman? I should live in Bill. But ten days after next Hanukkah, I'll be 84. Ken O'Hora, Mrs. Feldman. Tell me, how long have you been married? Fifty-eight years. Fifty-eight years, and you want a divorce? Why? Why? Enough is enough. J.M. in the A.M., Monday morning in uh, the month of Adar, actually the first of two months of Adar, is on this leap day, 2016, February the 29th, the 20th of Adar 1. 47 degrees, some rain later, and a high temperature of 59 Susie Fishbein's going to join us next hour here at JM in the AM. She's got the brand new book, Kosher by Design Brings It Home. We will uh, speak to Rabbi Fast, Rabbi Yeshua Fast, Nefesh Benefesh. The big mega event is coming up on Sunday in New York City. A reality. That'll happen on Sunday. We'll be webcasting from there this coming Sunday afternoon in the big mega event. Rabbi Fast will join us coming up. 18 minutes after 7 o'clock on this Monday as we head back to school and back to work, and I thank all of you for tuning in. want to take this opportunity. Oh, first of all, this this week, and I want to thank Aliza Blumenthal, who, who posted a picture of her then six-week-old daughter, who uh, she continues to claim was the uh, youngest and continues to be the youngest marathon volunteer ever. So um, I thank you for that post. What a cute picture it is of her on the telephone or her being helped (laughs) through the telephone process. And um, I should remind everybody why it's so important so critical, so vital to support this great radio show, and I hope you'll be among them. Those of you who have already responded, I thank you. And those of you who have not yet responded, you'll have your opportunity. Anyway, a week from today, it'll be day one of Fundraising Marathon. Uh, breakfast for our staff and volunteers, or if you're just somebody who wants to stop by and volunteer or drop off a wonderful donation. Uh, all you got to do is email us, nachum at wfmu.org. Again, that's nachum, N-A-C-H-U-M, at wfmu. Um, I will be able to forward your request to the right person. And um, have you join us here at JM in the AM, which should be a lot of fun. And um, it will certainly serve an amazing purpose, supporting this great radio show for yet another year. Hey, I want to take this opportunity to wish a mazel tov. Um, and this, of course, is a uh, Nachum Siegel Network-wide mazel tov, as we wish Tzvi and Naomi Nachman a special mazel tov. Their daughter, Simi, got engaged last night to Rafi Sassieni. So to the uh, Nachman and Sassieni families, we say mazel tov from all of us here at JM and the AM. And that is wonderful news. Yesterday we saw Naomi at the um, at the buzz as she was doing the big demonstration, one of the big cooking demonstrations. She hinted to the fact, she alluded to the fact that there might be a big family simcha within hours, and sure enough, 
Simi is engaged to Rafi. So we say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. And like I said, a Nachum Siegel Network-wide Simcha, as Naomi Nachman, of course, is host of Table for Two every single Friday for us here at jmnam.org and on the NSN app. Speaking of the NSN app, I want to remind you, uh, he'll follow up on last week's discussion about what Israel looked like in 1850. He'll discuss more myths and facts. SodaStream became an early target of the BDSers. Hear the reaction of the Arabs that are now out of a job. And the Israeli music mix includes music by Yishai Rebo, releasing a brand new album this week. Tune in right after JM and the AM to the Israel Show and check out the Israel Show's Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel Show. Mayor Weingarten gives you an opportunity in time right after JM in the AM. So make sure to be tuned in once this radio program ends a little later on this morning. Uh, before the uh, comedy segment, you heard the uh, eight-time cat selection, the knee going off of the Shuvu album, and Shlemy Daskal uh, with Menagain. And the last night uh, at the uh, Cats and Lizer wedding, we had an amazing and incredible orchestra with Aaron Teitelbaum and Yisrael Lamb and company. And they did an incredible job as well done at the reception by Shlemy Daskal, who was as great as ever. So we take this opportunity to wish the uh, Katz family out in Woodmere and uh, the five towns and the, actually, I think it's Cedarhurst, right? And uh, the Lizer family of Passaic, a very special mazel tov from all of us here at um, JM in the AM. The opportunity to celebrate together. Want to wish a mazel tov to Gila and Rabbi Eli Sunnenshine. The bris of their brand new baby boy is taking place this morning. Mazel tov. To the extended Siegel and Sunshine families from all of us here at JM in the AM. Also want to wish a Mazel Tov to our friends at Kedem Royal Wine on this Leap Day 2016. They're going to be hosting the KFWE, the Kosher Food and Wine Experience in New York City. It's always an incredible event. No doubt tonight will be one as well. In Kedem, that's happening tonight. And we say Mazal Tov and wish them Hatzlacha Rabah from all of us here at JM in the AM. Micha Gammerman is next at JM in the AM.
What is it? <laughs> what could I do for you? This is going to sound just utterly ridiculous to you, but I'm moving, you see. And in an old coat in a trunk, I found this shoe repair ticket that must be seven or eight years old. It's for some shoes I brought in before I went into the Navy, and then I moved away from Brooklyn. 
And now I found this old ticket. And I know it sounds ridiculous that you would have the shoes after seven years, but I took a chance. Oh, I get it. You're that fellow from Candid Camera. <laughs> no, 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 sir. Honestly, look, look, here's the ticket. Let me see it. Are you out of your mind? We haven't even used the numbers in years. Nah, no, please, sir. <laughs> No, no, it was a long trip here from Baltimore. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous, but please, take a look in the back. All right, all right. I'll look. I'll be right back. This is very embarrassing. But after all, they don't make shoes like they used to. How can I be foolish enough to think that after seven years that they would say Hey, mister from Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> yes, you're not going to believe it. You mean you found my shoes? Was it with half soles, leather heels, and metal tips? Yes, yes, that's right. It'll be ready Tuesday. J.M. in the A.M., Monday morning during this month of Adar 1, on Leap Day 2016, February the 29th. Robert David Goldwasser's words... Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We read in Voracious, Vayikro Yitzchok el Yaakov, Yitzchok summoned Yaakov, Vayivarech and he blessed him, Vayitzaveo Vayoymer Loi, and he instructed him, and he said to him, Loisikach Isha, Mivnois Kanan, don't take a wife from the daughters of Kanan. The Chovetz Chaim explained, that if a person wants to have hashpa, influence on his child, then he should make sure that he approaches the child in the proper way. He shouldn't approach his child with anger, insistence, or upset. Using these negative midos can produce negative results. We learn this from Yitzhak Avinu. The Pasuk tells us, that first he blessed Yaakov, he spoke to him softly, and then he gave him the command of Loisikachisha. Rabbi Eliezer Papo, the Mechaber of the Sefer Peleyoids, asks which waters can extinguish kas, anger. He answers, being quiet at the time of anger is like water poured on a fire. The Sefer Chassidim talks about being quiet as well, and says that if a person will speak gently, it will greatly help. When the mother of the great Rosh Hashiva Rav Palm was only eight years old, she decided she was going to fast on a Sarabateves. She realized that if her parents would find out, she'd have to be Mavatar, give up this decision. So she spent the day at her friend's house. When she returned home, her father, who was the Rav of the city, had a very distinguished guest who was visiting him. When the guest heard what she had done, he got angry, and he said that she should get a strict punishment. If this was my daughter, I would really give it to her. Rebetzin Pam's father didn't say a word. As soon as she had finished a good dinner, she went to her room. Her father followed her and said, My child, you wanted to fulfill a mitzvah, and I understand that, but you should know that this time you made a mistake. For the one who is supposed to fast, it's considered to be a mitzvah. A person 
who is exempt from the fast and withholds food from his body, is over an iser, they transgress. Bez Hashem, with God's help, in a few years you will fast, and then it will be a great mitzvah for you. The mother of Rav Pam, who lived well into her nineties, used to say that it was the gentle reproof of her father that was said in such a wonderful manner that it remained with her throughout her life. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a nice day. J.M. in the A.M. on a Monday morning on this Leap Day 2016, the 20th of One, And uh, tomorrow night, starting at 545 in the Cedarhurst Gallery, Jay Greenstein and Company has another amazing auction of Magnificent Judaica. And this catalog is uh, even larger than... Um, this might be the largest one I've ever seen, actually. We'll ask Jonathan in just a moment. It'll also feature the uh, collection of um, world-famous attorney Alan Dershowitz, and we'll explain all that coming up in just a moment. Jonathan Greenstein from the Cedarhurst Gallery. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. Thank you for having me, my brother. Am I right that this is one of the largest catalogs ever? Oh, absolutely. We have uh, It's approximately 240 lots of uh, such an eclectic, diverse group of Judaica, everything from Kiddush cups to paintings. <laughs> There's a lot of great things to look at. I, as you know, I love looking at the catalog. And Thank you. Thank uh, you. I, I mean, I'm sure there are people that are curious about some of the, uh, of the, um, of the more rare items that you... Uh, that you are able to obtain. Explain how 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 it happens that you're able to obtain things that nobody else can. Um, well, I mean, we've had a presence on Cedar in Cedarhurst on Central Avenue for a very long time. We've been around for seems forever, and at this point, people find us uh, when you Google antique Judaic or antique Jewish ritual art or antique menorahs. Uh, we come up with like the first I don't know 30 or 40 stories. So when somebody has an antique that descends in their family. And they decide they either no longer need it or no longer have interest in it or need the money. They find us. Uh, they give it to us to auction, and that's how it um, winds up going back into the realm of collectors. And what happens tomorrow? People just at 545 start showing up, and the bidding starts? How does it work? Uh, well, no. At 545, the auction actually starts. If you wanted to register and be part of the auction, you got to try to get there you know, a little bit earlier than 515, 530. Um, and you register, and you get a paddle, and if you sign and see something that you like, you raise your hand, and I call out on you, and hopefully you bid. It must take a while to get through 230 items. Yeah, yeah. For, uh, if we'll start at 545, we should be done tomorrow sometime just about 9 o'clock. Like I said, it's a big collection, especially um, because we have Alan Dershowitz's collection and made it even more interesting. Yeah, which we'll speak about in just a moment. Could you sure. tell me about item number 162, that charity container that, uh, that says on it, Pioneer Milk Fund? Uh, yeah, it's actually an adorable little thing. Um, also, walked in out of nowhere to us. It's a, um, it's a, like a glass and plastic bottle. It's the only example that I've ever seen, and it appears that this was uh, used. Um, there was a guy whose name was, I want to say, Leo, Leo Gartenberg, uh, and it was his mission to try to secure milk for every boy that was living, every boy and girl that was living in Israel. Uh, and he made these charity boxes and uh, collected money, and mon the money went off to Israel. Uh, I, I would date this approximately 1950, 1960. And what makes it a, a $1,000 item? Why, why would it be worth that kind of money? The rarity. If you look at the piece itself, uh, there's really not no value to it. It's just a piece of glass with a sticker on it. Uh, but, you know, for charity box containers, uh, for charity box collectors, um, 
if you don't have this, you're willing to pay anything just to fill in your collection. And there are charity box collectors out there. Oh, yeah. That's one of the top parts of Judaica collecting is charity boxes. Uh, Besumman boxes, yeah. kiddish cups, menorahs, you know, different people that collect, collect different things. It is unbelievable. Jonathan Greenstein's with us. The Cedarhurst Gallery tomorrow at 545 is when the auction begins for this magnificent Judaica. And we'll talk about the Alan Dershowitz piece in just a moment. The gallery is located at 417 Central Avenue in Cedarhurst. Phone number at 516-295-2931, 516-295-2931. The website, jgreenstein.com, that's initial J. Letter J, Greenstein.com, for information uh, online. What about all the Torah ornaments? Is there a big market for the uh, the breastplates and the crowns and the uh, and the Eitzchayims, the silver Eitzchayims in the uh, Torah market? Uh, tremendous. Uh, not necessarily to reuse on a Torah, but people decorate their homes with them. Um, you know, when shuls closed, you know, whether it was you know in Europe um, post pre Holocaust or post Holocaust, or whether it was in America, you have a lot. You know, during the mass Immigration uh, between 1880 and World War One, two million Jews left Europe and came to America. At that time, they were able to take things with them. So as the generations progress, these things come out of the closet. You know, they immigrated to America with them, uh, and they become available for sale. You know, like some people decorate their houses in Orientalism, uh, pre-Columbian art. You know, there are many Jews that collect, you know, um, Judaica and decorate their house with Torah ornaments. And you've seen plenty of that. Oh, yeah, sure. There's some of the greatest collections in the world in New York City. You know that you're um, you're auctioning off tomorrow night an anti-Semitic brass ashtray? Yeah, sure. <laughs> it belongs to Professor Dershowitz. Oh, it's part of his collection? Yes. I wonder yes. where he got it. Um, he traveled all over the place, God knows. I would say probably Germany. And it's an ashtray that's literally in the, uh, it makes fun of Jews. It's yeah, it makes fun of Jews. It's an anti-Semitic, you know, anti-Semitica itself is a, uh, a micro niche of collecting uh, Jewish art, um, you know, much like uh, you know every other aspect of, of Judaica, you know, there is a, a market for people that want to have in their home uh, things that depict Jews as animals and rats and, and ugly, evil people, and this is what per- perpetuated anti-Semitism uh, in Europe you know, during the turn of the first cent- turn of the nineteenth nineteenth cent- to twentieth century. Jonathan Greenstein's with us, Cedarhurst Gallery. The magnificent Judaic auction is tomorrow night. Uh, how many of these two hundred and thirty items, in fact, are uh, of the Dershowitz lot? Twenty-eight of them. And um, what's most intriguing of the twenty-eight? Uh, lot number one forty-four is a tiny little Megillah that was made in Jerusalem just about the turn of the century, somewhere between nineteen hundred and nineteen twenty. It's all hand illuminated, and um, because. There was a lot of time available, but not necessarily a lot of material available. Uh, the artist, the person that made this, reused um, uh, like a silver capsule or bell that he must have discovered somewhere else as a housing, engraved it with all sorts of Hebrew, and illuminated this magnificent Megillah. Uh, Alan had a, has he's um, he's still kind of collects, but he uh, he moved from his apartment in uh, is from his house in Cambridge, Massachusetts, to uh, a smaller apartment in uh, Manhattan with his wife, uh, and they downsized, you know, a large group. Uh, but uh, he picked up some of the craziest, most eclectic things uh, in the world. On the page opposite it uh, is a Megillus Echa that was written in um, Jerusalem with uh, the name of the sofer that eludes me right now. Uh, Getzel HaKohen. Yeah, right. And, and it, it, um, it was given in a shul in Frankfurt, Maine. A year later, in honor of one of the bar, in, a, in honor of a bar mitzvah of one of the Rothschild children, 
that shul was later destroyed in Kristallnacht, uh, and somehow this made it into his collection. Unbelievable. Yep. And these items are obviously in the thousands of dollars. Uh, yeah, this is going to start out between six and uh, between six and sixty-five hundred dollars, uh, as well as the other Megillah in the same price range. But I mean, my instinct is they're worth significantly more, and they're going to sell for for a lot a lot more money. Uh, Alan is a, a very intelligent, very intense, um, history-driven type of a collector. Um, you know, uh, I, I ran into him at uh, Danny Denon's UN party uh, on Hanukkah, and we just started talking. And, um, you know, it was actually the first time I've seen his collection, even though we kind of knew each other from the Judaica world beforehand. And, uh, you know, a truly eclectic collection that he started collecting in the 1980s. You know, he's a, a world-renowned lawyer, a prof- professor at Harvard, um, guys taking some of the craziest cases in, I mean, in American you know, judicial history, but who knew he was a Judaica collector? I never knew until now. It's very interesting, I'll tell you. Yeah. All right, there you go. Anything else you want to add, Jonathan? Uh, Nachum, it's always you know, fun hanging out with you on the phone. Um, <laughs> Thank you know, you. You're an awesome host. I enjoy spending time with you, and, uh, you know, and you're a sweet man. Well, thank you very much. Tomorrow night is the auction. Everyone should get there uh, in advance if you want to see any of the of the items. And of course, at 5:45 it begins at the Jay Greenstein and Company uh, uh, auction house, the gallery, which is at 417 Central Avenue in Cedarhurst, 516-295-2931, or jgreenstein.com. It's letter jgreenstein.com. Jonathan, good luck. I hope it'll be a big success. Yeah, thank you, thank you, brother. And like, if, like I said, if anybody needs any more information, Abe. Kugielski is at the gallery from 11 o'clock till about 5, 6 o'clock today and all day tomorrow. You just give him a ring. All right. Thanks so much. All right, brother. Thank you. There he is, Jonathan Greenstein. Very cool stuff. Always love looking at those catalogs. And the Magnificent Judaica auction catalog this time around is something extra special. Monday morning broadcast, heading back to school and back to work with us here at JM in the AM.
Sally. Let's go over the plans. You're going to the bench, and you'll tell them stick them up. Should I take out the guns first? Should I take out the guns first? Dummy! Certainly you take out the guns first. No, not here in the street. When you get to the bank, you take out the guns and you say, stick them up. Stick them up. Now, I got it. I got it. when you got all of them stuck up, you'll take out the shopping bag from Corvettes. You'll give it to the teller and tell him to fill it up, please. You'll take the bag of money. You'll tell everybody that's stuck up that they shouldn't move for five minutes because you've got the place surrounded by me. You'll back out of the door. I'll be waiting for you in the car. That's it. And believe me, you got the easy job and I got the dangerous job. You got the dangerous job? I'm going in there alone with two guns against six guards and all those people, and I'm going to tell them to stick them up and fill it up and back out of the bank while you're sitting in the car, and you got the dangerous job? Certainly I got the dangerous job. I can drive. <laughs> Jam in the AM on this Leap Day 2016, the 20th of Adar One, in the midst of our Adar Comedy segments here at JM in the AM. Uh, before that, you heard the... Uh, before that, you heard the, let me get to our playlist, Sim Haliner selection, Nigun HaChachma. He was a, he was great last night at the Chuppah at the, uh, Katz Lizer wedding. We say Mazal Tov again from all of us here at JM and the AM. Ohad before that with Lamelech. You heard Ashrecha done by Lenny Solomon on the brand new Simchat Chaim here at JM in the AM. That's available only by download, we are told. Uh, Lenny Solomon brand new here at JM in the AM. I want to take this opportunity and wish a Mazal Tov. To um, uh, Naomi Nachman and her entire family, Tzvi and Naomi Nachman, they are celebrating the uh, engagement of their daughter Simi to Rafi Sasieni, and we say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Saw Naomi yesterday at the Buzz as she was doing one of her demonstrations, and um, she, of course, the host of Table for Two at the Nachum Siegel Network. And uh, she alluded to the fact that it would be a big day, a day of great simcha, and sure enough, we got the news. So to Simi and Rafi, we say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Uh, speaking of Mazal Tov, I want to wish a Mazal Tov to uh, my niece and nephew, Gila and Rabbi Eli Sunshine. The bris of their brand new baby boy is taking place as we speak. Mazal Tov to the extended Siegel and Sunshine families from all of us here at JM in the AM. Want to wish a Mazel Tov to a Michael Berman and Yosef Berman and the entire extended Berman family. It was a pleasure being there yesterday on Coney Island Avenue at the grand opening of the Buzz. Um, a lot of distinguished public officials, a lot of great community leaders came out to pay tribute to the Bermans and the brand new Buzz on Coney Island Avenue. So we say Mazel Tov from all of us here at JM and the AM. A reminder that a week from today we'll be in the middle of day one of Fundraising Marathon 2016. Those of you out there who want to volunteer, stop by, bring a large donation, cater uh, breakfast for our staff or volunteers, whatever you'd like to do to help us out, just be in touch with us by email, nachum at wfmu.org. That's nachum, N-A-C-H-U-M, at wfmu.org. And I thank those of you who have already sent in contributions for the 2016 fundraising marathon. That's what keeps us going here 
at JM in the AM. Also want to um, wish Hatzlacha Rabat to our friends at Kedem Royal Wine, Jay Booksbaum and Company, the entire Herzog family, as they embark on uh, KFWE, the kosher food and wine experience tonight in New York City. We say Mazal Tov and Hatzlacha Rabat, I should say, from all of us here at JM in the AM. Oh, and I wanted to point out what a job Matis Weingast did yesterday. Matis Weingast, in the day of the Oscars, interviewed a... Um, an actor from out in Hollywood, Asaf Cohen, uh, as part of JM Sunday, and he had the amazing and incredible Miriam Peretz, author of Miriam's Song, uh, on the air with him yesterday. Just a such an inspiring and incredible tale. Um, difficult to uh, difficult to complain about life after hearing Miriam Peretz and her words yesterday. So a big, uh, big, big eshikoch to Matis Weingast, JM Sunday, always great, but yesterday in particular was really phenomenal. Susie Fishbein is expected to join us momentarily in the next couple of minutes. Kosher by Design brings it home. Is the brand new Kosher by Design installment. It is uh, her last, latest and last in this incredible series of cookbooks. Susie Fishbein expected in studio within minutes at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jamtheam.org.
J.M. in the A.M. That is uh, Mordechai ben David Eitzchayim He on a Monday morning broadcast. Well, uh, the traffic held her up for a drop, so please excuse her if she's still catching her breath. But we get an opportunity this morning to speak with live and in person Susie Fishbein. Susie Fishbein is author of the Kosher by Design series. In this case, it's called Kosher by Design Brings It Home, picture-perfect food inspired by my travels, as Susie Fishbein writes. At this point, I uh, believe it's accurate to say, based on the information I have in front of me, that Susie Fishbein has sold over 500,000 copies worldwide. If you put all of the Kosher by Designs together, including Kosher by Design Entertaining, The Short on Time, Kids in the Kitchen, Passover by Design, The Cooking Coach, and the entire series together. Susie Fishbein, welcome back to JM in the AM. Hey, Nachum, so nice to be here. I greatly appreciate it. Congratulations on the brand new book. You can raise that a drop. Thank you. Apologize for the delay. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> That's not your fault. What can we do about traffic? Um, so this is it. We can't convince you, huh? We can't convince <laughs> you to uh, to start working on another one. This is it for Kosher by Design. So it is, it is it for the series. The series came in at the right time, and I feel like it's going out at the right time. I think it was a trailblazer, and I think that... It'll be interesting to see where I go next. I think technology has changed the way people get their recipes and their mm. food information, and I hope to ride that next wave. Uh, with that in mind, is it, um, I don't want to say obvious, but is it, it? can one conclude that the earlier books sold a lot more copies than the more recent ones for that reason, or not necessarily um, you know, so? It's hard to know. Obviously, a book that's been out for 15 years has had a lot of, oh, you know, point, a, you right. know a, a lot more time to sell. The original right. Kosher by Design alone has sold over 100,000 copies. These books are, I think, they're, they're just beloved. They're just part of the, the lore of, 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 a, of a Jewish home. I shouldn't even say a kosher home because a lot of people that buy these books are not even kosher, right. which is really a, a mind-blowing thing. Um, but... Um, yeah, definitely the, the the last book or two, you know. But I, I think over its time, and that's one of the beautiful things about working for Art Scroll. These these books will never get remaindered; they will always right. be out there to be purchased. And I think over time, they will catch up to the success of the early books. Susie Fishbein is here. Um, why did this series do so well? What is it about uh, Kosher by Design? That struck a chord out there. So, as I said, I think it just came in at the right time. But there are a lot of cookbooks out there, right? And a lot of even even series of cookbooks, you could say. I think there became a relationship between my readers and I, a a relationship of trust, almost as if they felt like I was their girlfriend in the kitchen, as (laughs) as I was. I cook the way my readers cook. I never became a fancy chef. I never, I am not a chef. I never went to culinary school. So there was a, a, a level of trust that they can open up to any recipe and it would work for them the first time and every time that that was my job that's what i was paid to do i took that that obligation very seriously so it was almost like of course i'm going to get the new book and i can just make anything and then it just became like well what page is that what page is that you would go to people's houses and they would just say which book which color which you know became the rainbow the pink book the green book um it was just it was just beautiful mazel and just hitting things at the right time i mean look at what has happened to the the restaurants uh, in our culture, sure. in the time that these books have come out, uh, what's going on in Brooklyn, the food scene. It's, it used to be that kosher lagged behind the not kosher world by five or six years. It's really not the case anymore. Kosher is cutting edge to what's it's being mimic, mi- mimicked and mirrored in what's going on in the not kosher world. The trends are not lagging. The foods that people are looking for, the ingredients that people are looking for, 
are exactly what the whole world is eating, and maybe technology has helped bridge that gap. And in addition to the restaurants, of course, the supermarkets and superstores, they also have they contributed to all right that. right up to date. Right. There's not an ingredient that I look for that I can't find anymore. I used to love that, like, ah, I got you when right. I would go to a market and say, okay, I have to find the manager and tell them this We used to have these to discussions. We, we sometimes would open it up to the listeners. Can someone find this yeah. or find that, or have you seen this I, or not? I would get panicked phone calls before a book was being released from store managers of big supermarkets saying, what am I not going to have that there's going to be a run on? What do I need to know? What do I need to stock? I don't want to be caught, you know, right. unaware. So it's cool. It's We all kind of worked together to bring the market to the same place. Susie Fishbein is here. The uh, final installment of Kosher by Design is called Kosher by Design Brings It Home. How did you do yesterday at the YU Farm Sale? What a fun experience. You know, my husband used to take my kids. I That was always like some time off for myself. So right. I had never even experienced the sale. So cute, so nice. People were so friendly. It was really interesting to me to be in an audience of people who grew up on my books. It's all young people who right. tend to hang out at the sale. And these are kids who would come up to me to say, I grew up on Kids in the Kitchen. It was the only book my mother would let me cook out of. Um, and, and just really what warmed my heart was how many boys came up to buy books for their mothers. <laughs> it was the sweetest thing. I felt like taking names for shit off list. <laughs> Very good. And that was, of course, as you were signing and selling the Kosher by Design Brings It Home. You you uh, went to or visited how many, or I should say differently, you, you brought to us recipes from how many different countries in this book? Um, a, a few different parts of Italy, and different parts of Italy's culture, food culture, are completely different. What you would eat on the Amalfi Coast does not resemble anything that you would eat in, in the northern part of Italy, like near Verona or Lake Garda. Um, so different parts of Italy, France, Mexico, and then there are some things that were just from shows that I've been doing for 15 years all across this country, um, a lot through Chabad, but through other organizations as well. I've I've really given a show in almost every, except for the Dakotas, <laughs> almost really? every state, um, and and really got to see how Jews live, you know, all across. Wow, that's pretty unbelievable. And and and, and very interestingly, what is going on in America where we can't get enough of fusion and what can we do that's funky? I mean, you'll see it now. Purim's coming up. You will see nine million different ways to right. make hummantaschen. And what can we do? And can we pull, put, pull brisket in a hummantaschen? Right. Starkly contrasted to that is what is go, what, what goes on in Europe. When I would work with European and French chefs, they were teaching me recipes that their grandmothers taught them, and they wanted me to learn it exactly as close as possible, being that I was kosher and right. they were not. As, as close as possible to how their grandmothers taught them. There's such a sense of pride of maintaining those recipes. And that's so different than what's going on here. Is here it's what's new, what's cool, what's right. different. How can we you know, switch things up? How can we mash things up? Right. Um, which is kind of what I you know, kind of built my business on. So it was such a refreshing, eye-opening experience to learn new recipes and know that I could bring them back to my readers sort of intact. And then Israel, where which is my favorite place to, to teach and learn and eat, was almost a combination of the two because you have these amazingly talented chefs, many who were educated outside of Israel, who then come back but still carry their little Moroccan grandmother in their pocket. Right. So the fusion that they do, which is always putting their traditional spin on foods that they learned, you know, learning how to chef all over the world. Um, so I kind of felt like that was the best of of both worlds. So, and the nice thing for my readers is that what they'll find is so much of what I brought back was that in the European kitchens and the Middle Eastern kitchens, it's not about fats and it's not about hard to find ingredients. 
you travel the world on that passport of spices. So from the health perspective, from the ease perspective, I mean, any pereg, any, you know, you'll find any, any, any ingredient very easily in any well-stocked kosher market. Certainly online is a help. Right. Um, so I, I think Did you think of doing the book uh, exclusively with Israeli recipes? Did it ever cross your mind? No, although that's certainly the trend right now. The yeah. most popular cookbooks right now are about Middle Eastern food. That's Zahav what it seems. And Jerusalem, obviously, which right. is, you know held that number one spot on Amazon. I knocked it out for a couple of hours, but <laughs> it went right back, that you know, Tomato Lenge book, which wow. is not even a kosher book, which right. is like the biggest insult. <laughs> Unbelievable. But, yeah. Kosher by Design brings it home. It's out. It's uh, it's available. Best place for people to get it. Which website should we recommend? Um, Amazon is easy. Artscroll.com. Um, Kosherbydesign.com? Nope. Artscroll. It'll, it'll, it'll kick you into it'll, Artscroll. It'll be the same yeah. thing. All right. Uh, you want to give us a couple of examples? You want to highlight for us a couple of things that we'll find in this book that people should know about? So if you've ever done um, an eating tour through the Shuk, one of uh, the favorite spots is Chachapuria, which are those Georgian, uh, almost like a canoe of a dough that's then filled with this amazing Georgian cheese, and then an egg gets cracked into it, and it's it's served to you. Right. So I did my own personal spin, and I made the canoes out of pizza dough, and I filled it with shakshuka, and then cracked an egg into it. So that's like kind of my funky spin on, you know, somebody else's food. Right. Um, one of the dishes that... Um, that I loved was something that I actually prepared for my first cooking class of last year's Israel tour, which was the Metze burger, where I took every possible, you know, Israeli ingredient that I could think of to stick into a burger, where we use chickpeas to replace part of the beef, and there's za'atar, and there's sumac on the onions, and a piece of fried eggplant, and you just bite into this thing, and it's just like Israel in your mouth. Um, <laughs> the petit farci, which is a merguez-stuffed vegetable, um, which I learned in, in Provence, France, um, lemon tiramisu, reminiscent of the, the, the limoncella and the lemons on the Amalfi Coast. Um, this, you know, there's just, there, there's so many, so many great recipes that I, you know, that, that I'm hoping that readers will embrace and love as much as I do. Endless good eating. How's the book divided, by the way? Does it go uh, according to the uh, like always according to the courses? To salad. I mean, at the end of the day, people want to cook from this book, and right. they want to do it with ease. So as you'd expect, every one of the books was in that format, yeah, basically. Absolutely. Even the kids' one was like that. Absolutely. Wow. Kids had like drinks and right. and you know different categories, school kind of snacks, but basically right. the same. Uh, someone someone gave me some insight into the fact that on page two forty six. You have a new fish fine brownie recipe, and that's sort of a tribute page, right? It is. It is a tribute to my to my mother-in-law, Myrna Fishbein, who was world famous for her brownies. Uh, every kid who ever went to summer camp knew that if they wrote a letter to Mrs. Fishbein, they would get brownies, and many people worked that system. There's even a famous story that um, there was a boy from Lawrence who joined the Israeli army, and my mother-in-law had sent him a care package, and he left his base to go pick up his brownies, and there was an attack on the <gasps> base, and the Fishbein brownies saved his life. Oh so the legend gosh. of those brownies then grew. My husband, when his older sisters had left for college, took over the duty at Purim time and would, with my father-in-law, make batch after batch after batch of these brownies. So they, we even have the, the special spoon that my husband used to use to mix the brownie batter with. So Fishbein brownies were very much a part, probably the first really great recipe that I ever learned from my mother-in-law was Fishbein brownies. So I took liberties as a cookbook author does and played with, with the recipe over time as different chocolates went in and out of style. And, um, and the last kosher by design recipe, very appropriately, is an ode to my mother-in-law and my husband's 
family history, but a, a new spin on Fishbine Brownies, my spin on them. Very cool. It had appeared, I assume, in, in one of the previous books. No, it, it never appeared did. before. It never did. Nope. As I, 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 for some reason, I thought it was in the first one as like a, nope. as an initial inspiration. Nope. It was it not. Was a sacred, uh, it was a, it was a sacred Fishbine recipe. Yeah. Never to be revealed till now. So the truth is, it, it was revealed if you go back all the way back in my history to Kosher Palette when we were asking people uh, to open up to crack open their secret family recipes right. and share the best of their best right. in the fundraising letter and in the initial letter, I included that recipe. But it was never used in that book or any book. So after. that would have been the only time that people would have seen it. And this new version, you will never have a better brownie. If you are a fudgy brownie person, you will never have another brownie. <laughs> So maybe turn to the back of the book and work backwards. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to do it. Kosher by Design brings it home. Picture-perfect food inspired by my travels at Susie Fishbein. Great photography, as usual. You've always made a point of that, right? John, you are my guy. Yeah, he's an incredibly talented photographer. Um, I think his pictures rival any cookbook on the shelf. Because if you want a cookbook to really be appealing to people, the pictures have got to be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everybody with an, I, with, you know, with an iPhone thinks that they're a food photographer, but <laughs> he is an artist. I mean, just, you know, the pictures speak for themselves. They always have. What do you think of the, uh, I don't want to say revolution, but the advancement in the different types of soups that people are eating? Have you noticed that there's so many different ones now compared to the traditional ones we used to have? Absolutely. Uh, Give me well, one from your book that's that would fit into that category. Well, soup is just a great way to start a meal. It's filling. It's a great way to pack vegetables, you know, into your family. Um, there's a really great recipe for a pisto soup, which is the Italian version of minestrone that's loaded mm -hmm. with vegetables and a sprinkle of pesto. Um, a recipe I got out of the Boratia Spa, they shared their corn soup recipe, which, you know, which is, you know, really, really fabulous. Um, there's a, a spicy lamb meatball soup. I mean, really, a lot of these soups could be your dinner, you know, right. you know, dinner in a bowl. Cheddar ale soup, what's that? Inspired by um, a show that I did in, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, so an ode to the cows out there. Um, <laughs> the dairy farmers. A really good, yummy, almost like a cheese fondue kind of thing. In fact, I even suggest serving it in very small portions. Probably the most creative, probably the hardest recipe in the book and the most creative soup is something called shoya tamago, which is a very hot trend right now, which is a ramen soup that includes um, eggs that are soft-cooked and then... Um, and then they're soaked in a soy sauce. And then when you crack the egg open, it's like um, it's it's almost like a beautiful brown color on the outside. You slice it, and it's a runny egg into your ramen soup, and it has steak in it. So not a Shabbos soup, definitely not for Friday right. night because everything has to be added at the last minute. But in a really cool, you know, weeknight or Sunday night dinner. Wow, unbelievable! Susie Fishbein is here. Uh, give us one of the. Uh, I know I know we've gone through some of them already, but give us something from the the main dishes, the main courses that people should. Uh, should be aware of. Uh, right now in season, uh, there's a, a great recipe in there for a pumpkin braised short rib. Huh. That's fabulous. And for people who like to cook in advance, short ribs are one of the cuts of meat that can be made a day or two in advance and holds very well. Um, there's also a Korean short rib that my family went crazy over. Um, brujul, a traditional Italian dish. I'm sure you've heard people use the word brujul, and Jews don't know what that is. Right. It's one of these uh, Sunday sauces that old Italian grandmothers would spend all day making. So I kind of give you some shortcuts to make, but the meats that are part of the brujul recipe um, are, are really interesting and different. There's a great recipe for lamb shanks with date gremolata, obviously inspired by dates and silan and date syrup, which are very big Israeli ingredients. My husband actually just this week said to me, can you go back and make me that veal scallopini that we brought back the recipe from from Italy. Um, also a great 
the cut of meat is is vital. You know, you need a, a good piece of veal for it. But um, obviously, the Metze burger, I, I'm very proud of and love. There's just people are going to cook their way through this book. I, I know it. I, I I can't wait to start hearing the feedback. Uh, and I assume that that feedback starts immediately, right? It does. I mean, you'll get it this week, obviously. <laughs> uh, Kosher by Design brings it home. Picture perfect food inspired by my travels. Susie Fishbein. You can go to artscroll.com. You can go to Amazon. You can get the book and you can enjoy it. It is the last in the series of Kosher by Design. No matter what we say to Susie Fishbein, she will not change her mind. This is it for Kosher by Design. <laughs> and uh, where where are your travels taking you now? Are you going anywhere uh, exciting or exotic in the next uh, few weeks or months? Exotic? No, I am going to Chicago next week. My 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 touring is my touring schedule is packed. Uh, I have a lot of shows. I generally used to only take one show a week because they are so labor intensive, but. For the release of this book, I will be doing two shows a week um, for the foreseeable future. Um, I have something exciting coming up this summer. I'm running for the New Jersey Y Camps, um, the first really of its kind, a hands-on culinary program. Wow. The New Jersey Y Camps um, for Camp Nesher and Camp Shoshanim, where it will be a true culinary experience. I mean, they're building a state-of-the-art cooking stadium um, and right from the first day, you know, it's not going to be, you know, brownies and pancakes. Right. These kids are really going to be learning real cooking skills. So I'm spending a lot of time putting that curriculum together. Will you Your be hold- very own Naomi Nachman is one of the featured. All right. Mazel tov to her. Her yes. daughter got engaged yesterday. Mazel tov. That's true. Um, and will there be competitions there in the uh, in the? Uh... No, it's really going to be a cooking school. Oh, These kids are going to come home with real skills, maybe night activities, you know. But we're taking it very seriously. It's being, you know, built to my specifications. It's really going to look like any cooking school that you can find, you know, very in cool. any big city. We look forward to seeing that. Unbelievable. Uh, all right, uh, Susie Fishbein, congratulations. Kosher Thank by you. Design brings it home, brings the entire series home. There are probably people who have the, and there are probably many people who have the entire series in their home. You ever show up to a uh, to a Shabbos host and see your own recipe on the table? It's probably happened a million times, All right? the time. All the time. Yep. And are they are the are, are are the hosts self conscious that they didn't prepare it the way it exactly Very should be? Very much so. <laughs> and I, I that makes me crazy because I love seeing my food on people's table. Doesn't matter how they do it. I love eating it, and I'm happy not to have to do the dishes. So <laughs> to me, it's a win win. It must be an interesting feeling when that happens. So like what jumps out at you from this book? You you always are on top of. Um, there's always something that that I know that that has called out to you when you flip through these books. I think I think the soup section actually. I'm very into soups recently. Very into it, and the one you and the one that you described, the minestrone type, mm-hmm. is one that I'm gonna have to try okay, because that, that that's one that intrigues me. Uh, although the cheddar ale, knowing knowing me, it sounds like a cheddar chowder, frankly. It, it's, what, it's very thick. It's delicious, yeah. and then just like the finishing touch of some French fried onions, just for like that oh, extra gosh. crunch. <laughs> <laughs> boy, oh boy. Uh, a good way to stay in shape or not? You have plenty of salads in here, right? There's, Absolutely. There's plenty of salads And in as here. I said, you know, the European Middle Eastern palate is all about spices. Right. It's not about fat and, and pastry and puff pastry. and It's it's really about healthy oils, healthy spices. Yeah, so, so people can get... You will get, not be disappointed. They'll get plenty of great uh, uh, health-inspired recipes as well. All right, go to artscroll.com, go to amazon.com. It's Kosher by Design, brings it home. Susie Fishbein, picture-perfect food inspired by my travels, as she says. 
and it is available basically everywhere. We wish you the best of luck as you continue on this amazing journey. Congratulations on getting this entire series complete, which is just Thank unbelievable. You. And it's always nice to kick off the book right here, sitting in the studio with I you. I greatly appreciate that very, very much. It's uh, We've done this many, many times. I've had an opportunity to speak about food and to really enjoy some of these incredible recipes. You've even brought along some of your recipes sometime. I mean, in real yeah, food form. That's right. Which has been a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you, Susie Fishbein. Congratulations. Thank you. Kosher by Design brings it home. Check it out at Amazon.com, Artscroll.com. Susie Fishbein's final Kosher by Design installment of that amazing and incredible series. More coming up. Keep it right here at JM in the AM.
in the AM with uh, Michal Przanski. The top of it, someone had commented on our app, on the NSN app. Uh, they had been to a, a celebration last night where Michal Przanski was being featured and requested his song. There you go. Speaking of last night, heard the Achiezer dinner was amazing. Congratulations to uh, Rabbi Bender and everybody out there at Achiezer. And we mentioned Lenny Solomon earlier. One of our listeners points out on the app that Lenny's on a Nefesh Benefesh-sponsored tour. He'll be in Florida today in Chicago later this week. And uh, featured his uh, brand-new music earlier here at JM in the AM. J.M. and the A.M. Chances are that Rabbi Yoshua, Rabbi Josh Fass, is with us live via telephone. He's, of course, the co-founder and the director of Nefesh Benefesh, one of the most important and uh, distinguished organizations out there, one that we love working with, and one that this coming Sunday has an amazing and incredible mega event in New York City to not just encourage but to help people, to literally help as much as possible people, families, make Aliyah, head to Israel as soon as possible. That's right, even in 2016. You want to make Aliyah this year, in the next few months, no problem. They'll take good care of you over there at Nefesh Benefesh. Go to nbn.org.il. That's nbn.org.il. Uh, you can call 866-4-ALIYAH, 866-4, and then A-L-I-Y-A-H. Rabbi Yehoshua Fast, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you so much, and good morning to you and to all your listeners. I appreciate that. The mega event is always incredible. It is uh, unbelievable watching thousands of people come in, all of them expressing interest in the making Aliyah, in uh, a life in Israel. Uh, many of them at the very beginning of the process are just, you know, it's, the, it's just the beginning of a thought, really, and others, of course, are much, much more serious. Or by fast, you can, you can verify what I said. If someone wants to move now in 2016, there's plenty of time to do it in this calendar year, right? Oh, yeah. This is advanced planning if you, if you start different now. <laughs> and, and whether it's during the summer, which is such a, a big, high, and traditional time uh, for Aliyah, uh, understandably so, or any other time during the year, you're constantly with group flights and charter flights that are heading to Israel, and it's just amazing watching all these incredible people make their home in the Holy Land. Tell me about, I noticed that the mega event for this coming Sunday, and we hope to be there, of course, we'll be webcasting from there starting at 12 noon. I don't know if you've done this in the past or not. You've divided up check-in and registration into different categories of um, of Olim, uh, retirees and empty nesters at 1030, general at 12, singles and young professionals at 330. What's the, what's the goal in asking people to stagger their registration on Sunday? Well, we always try to do things bigger and better. Uh, every year we try to tweak and, and finesse what we're doing in all aspects of the organization. And for the last few years of just seeing what people were trying to accomplish and the information that they tried to walk away with, we felt that having 1,200, 1,300 people come at once was a little bit daunting for people. And also we wanted to stagger 
some of the specialties so we can nuance some of the seminars to tracks. Uh, sometimes a person came and they, and they spent a few hours with us on a Sunday at an Omega event, and they would miss out on certain key seminars or sessions because they felt that certain things were critical for them. Mm. So we, we understood what people wanted, and we created really specialized tracks for retirees, for families, for singles, for young professionals, so that we can stagger the day. And we can add, by staggering the day, we can add many more seminars and sessions for them. And it's been really remarkable. I hope it really um, is successful this year. But we added so much more to the curriculum, to the agenda of the day, even to the point that we added resume and CV consultation for young professionals from 4 to 6 in the afternoon and special budgeting sessions um, for each demographic and taxes in Israel for each demographic. So really people don't have to feel that they're sacrificing some critical session by going to another one. People coming in, we're going to give them the advisable track for their age group or their demographic, and then they can just plot their day and get what they need from the from our session. And all this information, of course, if they go to the website, nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il, if you check the mega event schedule, you'll see under the check-in and registration times exactly what Rabbi Fass is talking about, where you can uh, choose and, and, and see what's there uh, that's being offered in terms of the seminars and different sessions uh, throughout the entire day, and there are many of them, as you point out. You know, it's funny, uh, you, you, you dedicate a lot of time and effort to the uh, empty nesters, to the retirees, and, you know, so many organizations out there are going after the young people, and, uh, you know, understandably so, and they want the youth, and this is how we build, et cetera, et cetera. Explain to this audience why retirees and empty nesters are so vital to the Aliyah effort. Every Ole is vital for the Aliyah effort. Uh, every single Ole who is thinking about it, who's dreaming about Aliyah, who wants to, to have us help them facilitate their Aliyah, should be addressed. And once we see that certain audiences have a critical mass, then obviously we have to divert our attention and make sure that their services and needs are being met. So in the past, for years, it was families and young professionals that were really the bulk of our Aliyah numbers. And over the last few years, we've been seeing this growing statistic of retirees or empty nesters who wanted to join their children and grandchildren. And once there is a critical mass of those individuals who want um, their needs and concerns and fears and their issues to be addressed, then we had to start addressing that with staff, in-house staff that specialized in those aspects and nuances. And also just when we go out and do overseas planning, we have to make sure that they're not sitting in irrelevant sessions. There's no reason why a retiree should be sitting in a class, of, you know, in a session dealing with, with uh you know, careers and professionalism or schools, and uh, and we don't want to waste their time. If they're coming out of their house and coming to learn and coming to gain information, let's give them the information that they actually want. Yeah. By the way, one of the other things that makes this a mega event is that it really does kick off one massive, even bigger mega event for the United States because once Sunday is over in New York, your representatives are going to uh -huh. be are going to be in places like uh, Pikesville, Maryland, Tenafly, New Jersey, Skokie, Illinois. It's, it's 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 a week of madness. We we start off in New York. Next day, teams are splitting. We're in Montreal, then in Baltimore, then Toronto, and Washington. We're going down to Florida, then Chicago, and we finish in L.A. the week later. Wow! So it's it's a team of of top professionals from our office um, that are really dedicating themselves to to making sure that they hit. Uh, eight or nine states to make sure that we're, we're really addressing thousands of people who are sitting on the fence or those who are already signed up, they want to make Aliyah for the summer, or those in this period between 
around January to May, that's when people are really making their decision about whether or not 2016 is a, is a possible viable Aliyah date. So this is a time to really address their, their issues. This is not the first L.A. mega event, right? Next Sunday, is, no. there's been before. No, we usually have it flipped. We usually start in California and end in New York this year where we're flipping the, the week. How does the West Coast do compared to us? Do we, uh, do we do we still get the number one slot in New York and New Jersey? You do not. You, you should not be jealous. You should not be concerned. And New York still rocks. Um, uh, you'll see that Sunday, Sunday, March 6th, we'll have over a thousand people, and we'll have a few hundred in L.A. But it's uh, different demographics. Yeah, no question. Still, very, very, very uh, I mean, significant numbers coming out. And all we have the regi- we watch the registration every day, the numbers, and, and we're talking about thousands of people coming out. And I think it's, it's also important for your listeners to understand it's, it's not just coming out to, to learn and to get the confidence of Aliyah confidence. It's not just coming out and, le- and getting the talkless logistics of how to make it happen. It's also for those individuals who are Zionists, those individuals who once felt and dreamt and thought about the viability of Aliyah. And it's almost you owe it to yourself to, to put some action, a first step to that thought process. And we're not, no one's expecting you to sell your home after this or sign up an application or get, you know, or announce citizenship at the mega events. But if you're, if you're, if you're talking about the significance of our homeland and the significance of the possibility of Aliyah in our time, you owe it to yourself and you owe it to your children to show, to, to, to back those words and those thoughts with an action. And the action could just be coming for an hour and walking around and being inspired by seeing hundreds and hundreds of other individuals who are entertaining that possibility. It could be taking a teenager or a kid just to show them the viability of this concept of this magical gift of Aliyah in Eretz Yisrael that we have in our day. So it's not, it's not just about logistics or gaining confidence. It's about a message that you should be making for yourself and also for your children. Wow, what a message. Rabbi Yoshua Fass, he's with us. He's the uh, director, of course, of Nefesh Ben Nefesh. The Crown Plaza Times Square at 1605 Broadway is where the mega event begins at 1030 this coming Sunday. We will be there. General programming begins at 12 noon. There will be a special, uh, many special sessions for singles and young professionals at 3.30 p.m. There will be a vendor fair that runs throughout the entire day. Everyone is invited to come at any point to enjoy and to be inspired by the Aliyah mega event uh, brought to you by Nefesh Benefesh. Again, it's Crown Plaza Times Square, 1605 Broadway. And for those who think that the current situation or different news items that the media likes to concentrate on would deter people, that's something that you disproved a long, long time ago. Through very, uh, how should I put this, through challenging times, uh, yeah. especially the challenging times that the news media likes to focus on, you have seen an incredible effort, not just in New York and New Jersey, but throughout the entire North America, of people to get to Israel and to make Aliyah as soon as possible. We've always seen, we've always seen the opposite uh, cause and effect. When people are trying to portray Israel as weak or in danger, when our enemies are trying to, to uh, somehow separate or dilute our connectivity to the land, that's when people feel galvanized. That's when people advance their plans. That's when people want to show that uh, this is our land, this is our future. This is my future. This is the fate of the Jewish people, and it strengthens their their commitment and conviction of moving to Israel. Yeah, no question about that, Rabbi Fass. I, I always ask you this: uh, any neighborhoods or particular communities that have really uh, enjoyed the benefits of Aliyah that have swelled over the last year because of the uh, North American Aliyah, or it's really spread out throughout the entire Israel? At this, at this point, we're so super saturated. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, at this point, so many communities have been have been filled, and and now we're looking for like the new frontier. I mean, every every I I I, I say this as a, as a joke almost, but it's actually a fact. The first mega event that we had several years ago, the mayor of Modi'in came out to sell and to market Modi'in. Now, if and if you told that to an individual, if you told that to anyone who actually ever visited Modi, and they would laugh at you. Right. you know, how? Why is it even impossible? <laughs> why do you have to even sell and market? Because that's what it was at that time. Modi was a blip on the map for for Olim at that point, and now it's just now it's Modi. Beit Shemesh used to also send individuals out to these mega events. So it's interesting to see now the periphery, peripheral communities are coming and trying to to settle individuals up north and south, which is great for the country and great for the Olim. And uh, it's a win-win. But uh, it's uh, besides the, the communities, another advantage that we're offering, we did in the past, is for the medical professionals at right. the mega event. And I can't, I can't stress this enough. Um, there is a huge opportunity that we have at the New York Mega, so much so that doctors and other medical professionals around and out of state are flying in to meet with individuals that we're bringing in. We have the head of of the medical licensing for the Ministry of Health that has come to these megas. We also have the chief psychologist who's coming out, and they can actually, um, they're deputized to, to approve documentation there in New York, and not only for psychologists and for every medical professional, even for nursing as well. So, I mean, they're going to be meeting with physicians and dentists and speech therapists and occupational therapists and nurses and audiologists, and they can already start the process of being licensed and getting their documentation approved. Which is a huge for all this documentation. So it's a huge service. Also, another added advantage, advantage this year: uh, Asuta Medical Hospital is opening up a branch in Ashdod in May 2017, and the Asuta General Management came to us and for this new hospital. So we've been working with Olim, matching the prospective physicians and other medical fields with the Asuta management, and the management from this hospital is actually flying into the mega to start interviewing doctors in New York wow. and, and pledging them, already signing them up for a hospital that's opening up in a year from now, which is unheard of. Usually, you know, comment to Israel, make Aliyah, then we'll believe that you're coming and then we'll hook you up. Here they're coming and looking at resumes, interviewing prospective uh, slots. And filling them already now, which is an incredible, incredible feat for for this mega. So if people wonder whether there's a job available, now you could say definitively oh, there certainly yeah, is. Absolutely. It's unbelievable, I'll tell you. And a lot of this is because of the efforts of your staff to cut through the red tape and to really shorten the process and and, and simply, you know, just let it make more sense. You've been able to... Uh, uh, to cut down so many of these procedural matters to make Aliyah as easy as possible on everybody, and in this case, as easy as possible to uh, for them to get jobs. And, of course, if a hospital in Ashdod is going to benefit, obviously the communities around there are going to benefit, because I assume that's where most people will live, as close as possible to work, right? Absolutely. Yeah, unbelievable. Absolutely. Rabbi Yoshua Fast. Rabbi Fast invites everyone to the big mega event on Sunday. It's an amazing opportunity to learn about Aliyah. The Aliyah mega event in New York City takes place at the Crown Plaza Times Square, 1605 Broadway in New York City. It then embarks on an amazing tour of uh, this entire country, practically. You can see the schedule if you go online to nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il. 
Vatil, the retirees and empty nesters, you're recommended to check in and register at 10.30 in the morning. There'll be a general programming registration at around noon. Singles and young professionals at 3.30, and there'll be a vendor fair that runs throughout the entire day. And we'll speak more about this, of course, as we go through the week, as we get set for our mega event this coming Sunday. Rabbi Fast, anything you'd like to add for this audience? Come by. Even if you don't want to go to a session, a seminar, just want to schmooze, I'll be there as well. <laughs> and we can talk about just uh, that inspirational spark that you might need to move yourself along on this process. Yeah, well, there, are people, there are people in Israel who say that because of our conversations, it's, uh, it added to their desire to get to Israel. So I hope that we've inspired at least one family this morning to start the process. And hopefully, I'm that sure... I'm sure you will inspire many this coming Sunday, that's for sure. That is, with, without a doubt, you have been a, a really uh, a catalyst for inspiration. I appreciate that very much. We'll see you on Sunday, Rabbi Fass. Rabbi Yeshua Fass, Nefesh Benefesh, nbn.org.il, mega event this coming Sunday. We look forward to it. It's always amazing, very inspiring, really incredible. Lenny Solomon making Aliyah today. And Lenny's in the midst of that Nevis Nevis sponsored tour around the country. Good luck to him. Monday morning broadcast, JM in the AM. Mazel Tov going out to um, Simi Nachman and Rafi Sassieni, as we said, uh, to Tzvi and Naomi Nachman and the entire Nachman and Sassieni families. Mazel Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM on the recent engagement, very recent, as recent as last night. Mazel Tov from all of us here. JM the AM. I want to wish a mazel tov to my niece and nephew, Gila and Rabbi Ali Sunshine, the bris of their brand new baby boy taking place this morning. Mazal tov to the extended Siegel and Sunshine families from all of us here at JM in the AM. I uh, wish Hatzlacharabat to everybody at Royal Wine Kedem as they embark on their big kosher food and wine experience tonight in New York City. Jay Booksbaum, the entire Herzog family getting ready for the big event tonight in New York City, the KFWE. Um, so keep that in mind for this evening. If you have a ticket, keep it in mind. That is, uh, I think, completely sold out. I don't think there's a ticket to be had at this point. Uh, one week from today, we'll be in the midst of Fundraising Marathon 2016. Day one is one week from today. Fundraising Marathon 2016 to keep us going here at JM and the AM and WFMU. If you have um, not had an opportunity, if you had an opportunity, I should say, to support us by mail already, I thank you for that. Otherwise, we will recommend that everybody out there uh that everybody out there um that everybody out there uh join us um and, and to support us next week here at JM in the AM. I want to remind you that coming up at coming up at nine o'clock it's Mayor Weingarten with the latest edition of the Israel show. Uh, Mayor will have the latest dish with the Israel show, a follow-up on last week's discussion about what Israel looked like in 1850. He'll discuss myths and facts. SodaStream became an early target of the BDSers. Here, the reaction of the Arabs that are now out of a job. 
And the Israeli music mix includes brand new music by Yishai Rebo. It's all happening with the Israel show coming up next right after JMNAM on JMNAM.org and, of course, on the NSN app. All righty. So keep that in mind. I uh, got this tune from uh, Yessie's Wag earlier. Naftali Blumenthal is brand new at JM in the AM.
Achen of Israel and Achim Achem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. There we go. Had trouble there for a moment. Uh, Mayor Weingarten is next. He'll be doing the uh, the Israel show starting at 9 o'clock. Right after JM and the AM, make sure to be tuned in between 9 and 10 for the Israel show. Tomorrow morning we're back. We'll start at 6 a.m. Make sure to join us. And don't forget, amazing programming on our stream all day long at jmtheam.org and, of course, on the NSN app. Have a fabulous Monday leap day. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.